and welcome to the Park Road Podcast for February 10th, 2019. During this season of Epiphany, we will hear a personal reflection from Russ Dean and a homily from Amy Jackstein. Today, Russ speaks about It's All About Where You Draw Your Lines, and Amy's homily is called On the Way. for my Lord, who will be a witness for my Lord, who will be a witness for my Lord. Chapter 5 of Finding a New Way Home is entitled, A New Dogma. It's all about where you draw your lines. It begins this way. I used to be a fundamentalist. No, really. This is not a criticism of my parents or my church or my religion, but it is the truth. In my childhood, everything was cut and dried, left and right, up and down, good and bad, right and wrong. There are rules. We are supposed to follow them. It was not a bad life. It was actually a pretty good life. I stayed out of trouble. I went to church. I studied. I did what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it. There are rules. We're supposed to follow them. I did not feel constrained by the rules. In fact, they gave a confident uh, confident energy to life, but there were a lot of them. These rules were lines not to be crossed, and most of them were found in the Bible, which meant God was watching. This fact gave a zealous urgency to my personality. I did not intend to be holier than thou. At that time, I did not think I was, though that might have been a minority opinion. I really did not walk around with a set of self-righteous scales ready to measure everyone. It wasn't that I was judging anyone, as I saw it. It's just that there were rules, and they were pretty clear. There were lines not to cross, and there were a lot of people who crossed them. There were rules, and the rules judged us all. When I was a child, I was a fundamentalist. It lasted for a good while into my life. I'm having these experiences that's slowly making me not a fundamentalist. The summer before Amy and I went to seminary, I was at an outdoor leadership camp, and I met a fellow named Terry O'Toole. Terry was a good-looking, well-chiseled Irish Catholic from Boston originally. Terry was a triathlete. And in high school, his family had moved to Spartanburg, South Carolina, and he had had an, uh, a, a, a run-in with, an, with evangelical Southern religion, and this Irish Catholic from Boston had, had gotten saved. You know, he'd had a Jesus experience, and that led Terry to Southern Seminary, um, where he got uh, a, a theology degree. Before he went on to do a PhD in health and physiology, he, he works now for the Center's for disease control. Terry and I became great friends, even though we were pretty different. We were kind of an odd couple. Terry, from his Catholic background, I was dyed in the wool Baptist. Terry at the time was single. I was married. Terry was streetwise, and I was always naive. Terry became my boss 
at the new health and rec facility that was built on the campus of Southern Seminary while Amy and I were there. An $11 million state-of-the-art health and rec facility. Terry was the director and he called me to be his administrative assistant, which meant I was Terry's secretary. And I loved getting to go to all of the secretary's luncheons at Southern Seminary. I was the only man that got to go, and you can believe I never would have missed a secretary's lunch at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. <laughs> Terry and I spent a lot of time together. We wrote, he tried to teach me how to ride a bike, and I tried to teach him how to play tennis, and uh, uh, I ate a lot of tuna spaghetti at Terry's house. Tuna spaghetti is chock full of protein, and there's no fat, and it tastes just as bad as you can imagine that it tasted. <laughs> Terry and I spent a lot of time together, and in all of that time, we were doing theology together. We were both enjoying our classes. We had lots of dialogue, lots of conversation together. I wish I could remember the specific conversation that we were having, the specific issue that we were talking about. I'm sure that one of my professors was pushing me, you know, beyond my comfort zone a little bit, asking me to think about crossing another line of my understanding in theology. Terry and I were having this conversation. Terry always called me Dino. That was my nickname at summer camp, and so he still calls me Dino. And uh, in this conversation, we got to a certain point, and I was struggling a little bit, and he said, Dino, it's all a matter of where you draw your line. For some reason, that stuck with me. It's all a matter of where you draw your lines. And I kind of realized in one moment that Terry was right. You know, we all draw lines, and we all have them. And a lot of us hold those convictions very strongly. But what Terry was encouraging me to understand is that all of our lines are personal and subjective. All of our lines are based on my experience, which means my limitations with the world. All of my lines are based on my education and the limitation of my sight. All of my lines, no matter how firmly I, I hold them, no matter how much I can back them up with faith and scripture and, you know, the Bible says, all of my lines are my lines. They're all, to, in, in, to some degree, arbitrary. You know, even fundamentalists draw their lines in a different way. Even the most ardent literalists of the Bible draw their lines in a different place. What does thou shalt not kill mean? A lot of different ways to draw the line, and all those lines are based on someone's personal prejudice with a text, with an experience. We all draw our lines in different places. And Terry made me realize that. George Bernard Shaw, the great theologian, once said, all great truth begins as blasphemy. Every great truth pushed someone over a line that was blasphemous at the moment. You know, slavery used to be called ordained of God, and there was not a pastor in North Carolina at one point who could not have pointed to chapter and verse and prove it by conviction. This is a line we shall not cross. God ordained slavery. Thank God that line moved. Thank God somebody stepped over that line. Terry said, Dino, it's all a matter of where you draw your lines. Always one more. Terry was right. And in that moment, it was as if he drew a line in the sand of faith and he dared me to step over it. 
Surprisingly, what I found when I stepped over it, as I have several times since then, was not apostasy, not the denial of God, not the erosion of faith. What I found was a new land of exploration, a new exciting world in which my faith has continually expanded and deepened. A fundamentalist theology claims that the lines deepen our faith and our life when we stay within them. Only by knowing the limitations imposed by God do we know God's divine bounty. My experience tells me the opposite. We do not cross the lines with the defiant, rebellious spirit, but the lines do beckon us to push the limits and to explore. So I say to you this morning, draw your lines. We all have them. Draw them with conviction and draw them with humility, because that will make it easier when you need to step over one of them. Who'll be a witness for my Lord? 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 They were leading their regular old ordinary life, fishing for fish not as a pastime or a hobby, but for a living. But after seeing for themselves what all the buzz was about with this guy named Jesus, they put down their nets, left their jobs, and followed him because he said they were now going to catch people. Not trap them, not kidnap them, but they were going to reel them in with the power of words and actions, with the bait of compassion and presence with the force of love. They would become a traveling band of faithful followers whose job would be to help people draw their lines in different places. They didn't know it at the time, but he was going to push them. You've heard it said, he said, do not kill. But I say to you, redraw that line and do not be angry with a brother or sister and don't give an offering at the altar of God until you are reconciled with one another. Jesus would push them to think beyond the legalities that they had memorized and paint with a broader stroke to help people live more fully in grace and love and acceptance and affirmation and welcome. You have heard it said, he will say to them, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, redraw that line. If someone hits you on the cheek, turn the other also. And while you're at it, if someone takes your coat, give them your cloak as well. And if that wasn't enough, if somebody asks you to go one mile, you go two. And one last thing he's going to tell them. If someone begs from you, do not refuse them. Wow. An eye for an eye is so much cleaner. It's so much easier. It's much more defined. It's more teachable. It's a better line. Even revenge, tooth for tooth, 
eye for eye. That just works better. It's a better line than that squiggly line of extended mercy and grace. Then Jesus is going to go to Ridley, really meddling. They don't know it in the fishing moment. But he's going to meddle and say, you have heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Really good at that one. But I say to you, redraw that line and love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I'm guessing on that fishing day, that day when they were just minding their own business at work, the day when all the fish jumped in those nets after a long night of catching nothing, I'm guessing when they dropped those nets to follow him, they had no idea how much his message was going to mess with people's lines. They were all good, devoted, devout Jews, including Jesus. And while I'm pretty sure there was never the intent on his part of starting a whole new religion, eventually the lines of their Jewish faith got redrawn so many times in so many ways that a whole new way to love and worship God came into being. And it all started when Simon Peter, James, and John decided to draw their lines around people and not fish. And in that one sketch, they were on the way to a whole new way of life that would prove to be the hardest and most rewarding decision they would ever make. I guess we can only hope that our line drawing becomes the most important and rewarding decision we will ever make. Who'll be a witness for my Lord? Who'll be a witness for my Lord? Who'll be a witness for my Lord? Who will be a witness for my Lord? May it be so. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.